Hey, this is the coach from the Coaching Cole Show. And as you know, I'm an avid DFS player. And when I play DFS, I want to make sure that I have the tools I need with the statistics and the projections necessary to make sure that my lineups compete with the best of the best. And in order to do that, I've got to make my way over to DraftManager.com, the site that was created by top daily fantasy sports player, A Baby Girl. The site offers the exact tools and projections that he uses to continually rank as one of the top professionals in the industry. It's got a lineup optimizer that can't be beat, tracking software, projections, and even the exact lineups that he plays, and you have access to it all. So get over to DraftManager.com and get all the tools you need to win money in daily fantasy sports, and don't forget to tell them that the coach sent you. You are now listening to a Forward Mile Podcast Network production. Welcome to the Coach and Cole Show. I am the coach, Nick Olson, and it is Friday, February 2nd, and I'm next to the co-host of the show, Cole Fouts. Hi. And you're listening to us on the Forward Mile Podcast Network, and as always, this show was brought to you in part by DraftManager.com, the website where you can find all the tools you need to win money in daily fantasy sports. And Cole, the time is upon us. Last week you said there was no game, that there, there was no Super Bowl. You know what? There is this week. You changed your mind. Yep. A good thing because it would be really weird to have a show based upon the something that wasn't real. Yeah, if it wasn't even going to be mm-hmm. happening. It is. Yeah. I'm allowing it. You're allowing it. Mm-hmm. And because you're allowing it, um, we went out and grabbed a couple great guests this week. We went and got Dave Brown, Patriots beat writer for the Concord Monitor. And we're going to do something cool. We wanted to get opinions from both sides of this game. So we've got Dave Brown, Patriots beat writer, and then we've got Evan Macy, sports editor and Eagles beat writer for Metro Philly. So we're going to get Patriots side of it, Eagles side of it. Can't wait. And then us. And then us in between and yeah. all around smushed together. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Okay. And we're going to ask them a couple of the same questions Yep. and just kind of see – where they where their takes differ because we know they will you know obviously there's going to be some patriots bias and some eagles bias but let's let's just see what happens here yeah this is going to be fun uh, you know see what's going on let's just, yeah let's see what's yeah. going on here huh. so uh that'll be good i'm excited for the game um you know we, we we talked about our goal this year was to make sure we made it down to radio row we were so close we were yeah we're so close I to mean, it geographically we're really Ge- close yeah. Um, we just couldn't do it. We was scheduling things and just things didn't work out for us right now. And it's too bad because it would have been really easy. We, the travel would have been so much easier for us um, than, say, next year. It's a two-hour drive, two-and-a-half-hour drive, not yeah. even. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, technically, we could have went down there for a day and not even stayed. Yeah. I mean, technically. Not even technically. You don't even have to say technically. You're yeah. just like, we can do that. We can do it right we, now. We could do it right and now. And we'll be back by, I don't know, math. Two, four, niner. But I mean, we'll it would be, be a while. Be, you know, you got to figure four hours there you know, with there and back four hours of driving. So That's not bad. I used to drive from Chicago up here mm-hmm. in one sitting. Right. That's seven hours. Right. And that's 14 there and back. Oh, yeah, if you were to add that up. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. Where's the Super Bowl next year? Is it Miami or New Orleans? I think it's New York. It, it is absolutely not. Was it Are not you New serious? York? Oh, you know what? I'm getting that mixed up in my head. WrestleMania is in New York, I believe. Yeah, a lot of people uh, screw up WrestleMania with the Super Bowl. Some people do, Cole, and uh, I happen to be one of them, uh, clearly. So Super let's Bowl 53. 53. Let's see. Somebody's screaming, you idiot. Are you kidding uh, me? What did you say, Miami? Well, that's wrong because it's in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the new, new stadium. stadium. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, that's a bit of a drive. That, that, yeah. Yeah, that is a bit of a drive. Definitely. Plus, it'll probably be around the same time frame as this, as the Super Bowl is around the same time every year. Mm-hmm. Still going to have the same, same scheduling problems. <laughs> uh, Anyways, yeah, probably. So, uh, so we've got some other stuff to talk about. We do. And, and so the first, this is, I wanted to lead the show off with this this week because in my opinion, this is just utter garbage. This is filler this is, talk. This, this is, is filler talk. This is what it is. It's, we don't have anything to talk about. Let's talk about this. That's what it You're is. not talking about us. Uh, we're talking about it because they talk about it. Right. They being the media, other people. We're not media. Well, we try. We try to be. We're, I don't know if we're qualified or not, but well, we have a I podcast. Am. I am, and I believe you are as well. People like to listen. Yeah. People like to listen to what we say, so that's that's a start. Well, yeah. But I think you're right. Like This, this, it, is, this is just – It's a... meaningless, and it's – but the fact that it's such a meaningless argument – First of it's all, somehow compelling. it's somehow compelling, but it's compelling to me more so because it just pisses me off of what I've heard so far. And what we're talking about here is, and I know we probably have got a bigger Boston I, audience right now. Oh, I thought you so, said build up. So they are going to maybe not listen to the rest of the show when we're done with this. Oh, but be that as it may, Tom Brady versus Michael Jordan, greatest athlete. It's weird that they don't even include, like, Bo Jackson. Okay, yeah, that's the first thing, right? So let's get that part of it out of the way. Tom Brady is not even in the top 100 greatest athletes ever. Whoa! Are you kidding? Is that, that's Are you about just athletes? I'm talking about athletes. Okay. He's not a, he's not a great athlete. Is that the argument? Is it athlete or is it, like, sports? Well, they say fitness? athlete. So to me, what an athlete is is an athletic, athletic person. Yeah. He's not an athletic person. He's cerebral, smart, and he throws a football really good. Okay. Um, can I change the argument? Can I change? Well, can I change the question? That's why I want to get that out of the way first, okay. because there's okay. absolutely no contest between Michael Jordan, anyone, by the way, versus Tom Brady. And if you want to talk about the greatest athlete of all time, you need to just—it's—it's a—you're opening a can of worms because you—you yeah. you got guys like Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, et cetera, et cetera, Olympian type guys, girls, whatever. Me that, at the Y. Right. You. You at the Y. Uh that completely trump Tom Brady in athletic ability yeah. and just an overall athletic standpoint. So it's not there. Please shut up by saying Tom Brady's the greatest athlete ever. Shut your mouth. Because he's not. Put your foot in the ground. Talk to me with your face. You know what I'm saying? 
Okay. So that's what I had to get out of off my chest Shush. first about this. So let's throw that part of it out of it. So okay. I guess I think what the argument they're trying to say, even though they're in my wording opinion, wrong. they're wording it wrong. Right. They're trying to say like who's the most accomplished professional athlete who's who has like, in the, best the major four yeah, sports. Like, yeah, yeah. Like and I get that that would be a lot harder to say and it's not as quick and sexy. It's not as quick, baby. It's, yeah, so I get this part of it. Okay, but so that's what they're trying to say, right? So let's talk about that. Brady, Jordan, uh, they both had good coaches. Correct. Okay, Belichick, probably the greatest coach in NFL history. I don't even think that it's a problem. Yeah, I don't know how you, you know. Because within this, this. Who else? Lombardi. Um, but. But Lombardi didn't have to face free agency right. and all that stuff. So right. it's just and then and the fact that he's been doing it. Bill Walsh long. is the next. Yeah. And yeah. then Don Shula. And so they're just not. They didn't face the challenges that he's had to face. So I would agree. I think, no matter what you know, if there don't might be some cheating involved there. Don't forget. Uh, but they who if you're not uh, cheating, Tom you're not Jackson, trying. Jackson, uh, out in Cleveland. Oh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. There we go. Tom Jackson. What? From uh, the uh, the old tight end for the or lineman for the page, uh, Broncos, that was on ESPN for that with Berman and those guys. Back, 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 back. <laughs> but okay. yeah, Hugh Jackson can't forget him. He's won one game in two years. Right, three years. Isn't that three? No, it's two. Two. Okay, two. three would be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So they both had good coaches. Uh, Jordan. Now here's the difference though with that part of it. Brady had Belichick throughout his entire career. Michael Jordan did not have Phil Jackson Correct. his entire career. So, okay. But they both had good coaches. They both had good teammates. Okay. Brady had Randy Moss, Corey and, Dillon. I mean, he – Mike – Teddy uh, Bruschi. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get to the other side. Okay. That's the defense. Right. 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 Thing, That's the biggest argument here. Right. He doesn't play defense. Yes. There's 22 people on the field at the same time in football, regardless of who has the ball. Right. There is 10 – in basketball, and if you don't have the ball, then you're playing defense. It's right. not like, like, hey, sub me out. I'm right. only an offensive player. Right. I don't think you can make an argument like, hey, this is the greatest – I'm just going to say greatest athlete. Yeah. And we know what it means when we say it. Yeah. He's better than MJ because he has this, this, and this. Cool. Right. MJ also uh, played defense. He had a bigger outcome – like. He meant more to the outcome of that game than absolutely than any football player. Take that for data. You can't. If that's the case, then Jerry Rice is better than MJ, because I mean he is, he's the greatest football player of all time. He's got all these records. He's got all all these numbers. Yeah. He only played one position, though. That's the thing. Right. He only played wide receiver on offense, and that's it. Right. And that's why I'm saying like this comparison is makes so, no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. You cannot compare Tom Brady to Michael Jordan. It's just not. LeBron's better than Tom Brady. Yeah, it's not even in That'll the same. That'll get riled up. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that it's not even the same thing, right? So now the argument there. Well, Jordan had Pippen. Jordan had Kukoc. Jordan had Kerr. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they both had good teammates. Now some would argue that maybe Brady his receiving core and cast around hasn't him in recent years hasn't been great. Yeah. However, he has had Rob Gronkowski for a good chunk of his career. Who, he had Aaron Hernandez for two years. That was probably the, a top five tight end also 
at the same time. He had Wes Welker, probably one of the greatest slot receivers ever to play the game. He had uh, Troy Brown in the beginning, who was a very good receiver. He had Deion Branch. MVP of the Super Bowl. And he had Randy Moss. So don't give me that. He had the greatest wide receiver in Randy Moss. And I don't know if you guys heard that. Randy Moss is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Okay. And Gronk, who's like – I don't think you can argue that he's the greatest tight end of all time. He's not there yet numbers-wise, but yeah. he's the greatest tight end of all right. time. So, yeah. So, okay, you're comparing those things. But, yeah, like you said, the biggest thing for me is Michael Jordan played both ways. The sport is completely different. It's and just such a dumb comparison. It is. And not only that, because we say, oh, they both had good coaches. Bill Belichick's influence on Tom Brady and that team and the outcome and his accomplishments are way – they're much heavier – than Phil Jackson's influence on Michael Jordan and the Bulls championships. I'd say, so. say so. I mean, it might not even be by a huge margin, but I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's it. There's so many more variables, and there's so many more players overall. If Tom Brady's defense didn't stop anybody, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be winning games. He would, he would be Aaron Rodgers. There you go. But if the Falcons do anything on offense in the second half. If they hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, you know, like what happens to, there goes his rings. There goes two of his rings. Yeah. Michael Jordan, if he doesn't have the ball, he's doing something. Right. He's drawn. I mean, Steph Curry's better than Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't, I know. I, it, it's so, it's just, it's such a dumb ridiculous. argument. It's, re, it's honestly ridiculous. And you hear people, well, he's been doing it for this long. He's got this many rings, blah, blah, blah. Like you can say whatever you want. He's accomplished far more than any NFL player ever has. Right. And I'm not going to dispute that. I'm not going to, of course he has, but so much goes into a football game, the outcome of a football game. Yeah. If you screw up in basketball, you know, turnover, miss shot, you can get it right back on defense Mm -hmm. and you can do that specifically. Right. Tom Brady throws an interception. He's not going to go out there and play safety and get the ball back. I would love to see that. That would be great. But You'd have to go back to the 40s and see that. Guy yeah. like Sammy Baugh. Played both ways and punted and kicked. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He, would, he would, wouldn't make it in this league. Well, be that as it may. And then, <laughs> and then the other I, – I heard Colin Cowherd. I don't want to mean to name drop here. But he had – he had a lot to say about this. And his argument was overwhelmingly Tom Brady better than Michael Jordan, yada, yada, yada. And one of his points was time played that Brady's played over a long, a longer period of time in a more violent. Yeah. Football is more violent, but the quarterback is the most protected uh, position in any professional sport. Yeah. By far. Not to mention, I don't want to diminish what quarterbacks do and how great they are and, and everything. But let's be honest here. He he says he says a word, catches a ball, and throws it. Essentially, I mean, if you want to get down to like caveman terms, then yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm I'm talking like just athletically at the, speaking. At the root that's, of that's, at, the, at root the root of, of his position, that's yeah. what he does. It's my quarterback. And versus what Michael Jordan did, or just a basketball player or, in general. Right. It does. It just it's just not there. There's no comparison in my mind. So, and I'm a football guy. Like, honestly, football number one for me. 
And <laughs> football number one, <laughs> right? I'll tell you what, though, basketball number one for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not, oh God, it's not comparable. So I wanted to wanted to get that out there. I mean, yeah. what are we thinking here? Uh, like you said, it's filler. It's just something to talk about, something to get clicks, something to get ratings, something to to get people doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Talking about it. Right. And they've done that and it grinded my gears. So, but Hey, we've got to move on. Cause we've got a great show in front of us here, Cole. Mm-hmm. And thank you again to everyone who listens to our show on a weekly basis. Make sure you're subscribing to us on iTunes. If you're an iTunes user and you're favoriting our show on TuneIn, if you have an Android or windows device, and we've got to take a break. Let's take one. Let's take a break because we have to do that because they play advertisements mm-hmm. um, during our break. So we're going to take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Dave Brown, Concord Monitor. And we're going to be joined by Evan Macy of Metro Philly right after that. So let's take a break. We'll be What's up, everybody? This is Josh from the 10-Minute Drill. Make sure you tune into our show where my co-host AJ Kelly and I discuss the hottest topics in sports, whether that's the Super Bowl, the Warriors, LeBron, all that good stuff from all of the major sports out there. Make sure you follow the Forward Mile Podcast Network on Twitter at Forward Mile Pod. That's at Forward Mile Pod. And get over to ForwardMile.com to hear our show and get unlimited sports content. That's the 10-Minute Drill. Every week, only on the Forward Mile Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Coach and Cole Show here on Forward Mile Podcast Network, Blog Talk Radio, and the Forward Mile Studio, brought to you by Draft Manager. Let's try to get all the plugs in at once because not only that, well, we got more to talk about because we'd like to announce, and we did so on the last podcast, but if you missed it, we've partnered with Steiner Sports. Steiner Sports is the largest sports memorabilia company in the world, and they've spent over 25 years building relationships with more than 2,000 athletes, and they have long-lasting relationships with major sports leagues and partnerships with the best teams in sports. Hmm. Yeah, and just for being a Coach and Cole Show listener, you're going to get a great deal. What is that? Well, now when you go to SteinerSports.com, you can get 15% off every order just by using the promo code FORWARD. How's that spelled? That's spelled F-O-R-W-A-R-D. You use FORWARD at checkout, and that's right, 15% off just for using that promo code FORWARD. One more time, F-O-R-W-A-R-D, forward, at the checkout, SteinerSports.com. You can have your favorite player's autographed memorabilia delivered right to your door. I like that. Who wouldn't? An idiot. Correct. Probably. Check out the website. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. You're telling me? I'm telling everyone. Because you already know that. Yeah, I've already done that. You've done it. It sounded like you were telling me. I Just saying it. Just saying it. So, yeah, Steiner Sports, check them out. Uh, well, S T E I N E R sports.com just in case you didn't know how to spell it. Yeah. We, we like to spell things out, but Hey, it makes it, maybe they don't, you know, 
<laughs> Did you stumble up on your words a little bit? No. Oh, okay. What are you trying to say? Uh, what I'm trying to say is is that <laughs> people have told me that they have a hard time understanding some words that we say because of our because of accent because of our darn accents, eh? But I what I don't know what, what accent was that? I'm not sure, but that's what I feel like in my head. People say that we sound like oh, and the the Minnesota accent that is portrayed on like television and things, it is real. No, yeah, it is. There, it is real. Some people do sound like that, but I have to be honest. I've probably met two people, maybe three tops, that actually sound that bad as far as that accent goes. Most people don't sound like that. I I don't think I ever had an accent except for the words. Um, I'm gonna, if I don't bag, bag, yep, and taco and egg, yeah, that if I if I say it without thinking, I'm talking about tacos, I'm talking about bags and eggs, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, I have to catch myself, so I'm like, hey, put that in the bag, right? And I just have right. to say it slowly so everyone can understand right. me. That's it. Isn't that interesting? How depending on where you're from geographically, you speak with a different tone, dialect, yeah. dialect, whatever. Crazy. It is kind of weird. It is weird. It's a country. Well, all that just to say, check out Steiner Sports. Use the promo code forward. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was long-winded to say that, yeah, yeah. but check it out. Right. Right. Well, moving on here. Uh, we've got the phone lines just blinking. They're just going crazy. Cause off the hook. Off the hook. There's two lights Wasn't. blinking, and one of them is blinking. Well, they're both coming from the same area, which is interesting because – they're both down in Radio Row yeah. in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, actually in Bloomington. That's where the Radio Row really is, at the Mall of America mm-hmm. right now. And calling from there on location is Dave Brown, Patriots beat writer for the Concord Monitor on the Draft Manager Hotline. Dave, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Great, great. Good. Well, glad you could join us. And let's get right into this. The big question mark heading into this week for the Patriots was, of course, Rob Gronkowski's status. And uh, he's since cleared the concussion protocol. But, Dave, was there any doubt that Gronk was going to play this week? Well, you know, sure. As, as long as somebody's in the, in the protocol. Um, you know, as Dietrich Wise, who, who's still in, uh, as far as I know, uh, still on the list on the injury report, limited participation. He was out for several weeks with the concussion earlier this season. Uh, same thing happened with Stephon Gilmore. So, you know, once somebody's in there, who knows? I, I mean, I would imagine – that, that they would do everything they could to get him ready for this game. The two weeks helps, but, uh, you know, it, 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 you called it a question mark, and that's exactly what it is until they tell you it's clear to play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I knew he was playing the whole time. Well, you kind of had a feeling that there was no way Gronk was going to miss <laughs> this one. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, Patriots fans, relax. He's going to play. And, and, Dave, you're down there on location in the Twin Cities for Super Bowl 52 and there's been major talk about the rabid fans that are so passionate uh, about the Philadelphia Eagles and that fan base. Uh, what do you think the differences are between, say, the Eagles fan base and the Patriots fan base? Because they're both very passionate. And what can you tell us about the atmosphere uh, thus far down in, in Minneapolis? The difference between Patriots fans and Eagles fans, they're quite similar uh, in some ways. But what's different about them is that uh, Patriots fans, uh, have knowledge and have earned their sense of uh, accomplishment. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Okay. That's good. That is the good. Pa- now, Eagles fans, 
think they have knowledge and they have not earned their sense of accomplishment. That's the big difference. So if Patriots fans are smug, it's because they've won five Super Bowls recently. With Eagles fans, I don't know why they're smug. I don't understand. The guy has a point. Yeah, I got to agree with that. Uh, which which fan bases travel the best down there? I mean, have you seen more Patriots fans or have you seen more Eagles fans? Well, you know, I've been in the Mall of America all day and working in the media center. And, you know, I, I got here yesterday. I missed the early part of the week, so I can't speak for that. What I can tell you is this. Sure. The fans that I see in the mall today are all wearing Eagles jerseys. And I'm definitely getting a sense of – the Patriots fans who travel to this kind of event, we've seen Radio Row. They've done all that stuff before. They're out doing something else. I feel like that has been sort of a magnet for Eagles fans. And, you know, understandably, that's sort of the first thing that comes to mind. But if, you, if you've been to Radio Row before and you've seen guys sitting there talking about football, um, you're over it. So I think that the Pats fans are kind of out and about. Saw a lot of them in the airport yesterday and a lot on the plane. And uh, I think both, you know, both are well represented and, and both are showing up and having a good time. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, act like you've been there. They have a bunch of times. So <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, exactly. It's human nature. You know, you, you've, you've, been, right. you've, you've seen it. You've seen, you know, uh, you've seen Chris Russo sit there talking about football before. It, you, you just go and do something else now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned they've been there before. Uh, the Patriots are seeking their sixth Super Bowl victory in 17 years, which is very remarkable. Tom Brady is now 40, and – they're there again. Yes. There's been talk all week long. I, I had no idea about... he was 40. <laughs> that's yeah, a, yeah. That's breaking news. That yeah. just happened this year. Right, right. That's amazing, you guys. You guys stumbled <laughs> on that. I, I had no idea. I've got an inside source. I'm not telling you who it is. <laughs> but there's been comparison all week long of Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and who is the greatest athlete of all time or who's the greatest oh. – American sports player of all time. And I think it's tough to compare the two because they played different sports, but uh, I won't put you on the spot as far as that goes. But as far as quarterbacks go, Dave, is there any doubt in your mind that he's the greatest of all time? He's going to win an MVP at 40. He has five rings. He's the best. And, you know, look, people want to talk about Peyton Manning. Uh, I can go through his playoff performances and I can find three games that were just three games below 40 passer ratings. He got shut out by uh, the Jets with the 17th most efficient offense, something like 17th, in um, in the early 2000s. I think it was 2002. I mean, look, he's fallen on his face more times in the playoffs than, than Brady has, and he has fewer rings, and he had the best receivers when he started. I don't know. I can't. I, I could get into this. We could talk about this one all day, but uh, right. long story short, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, I don't think you can really – I mean – make an argument against it. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. I do think that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be the best player of all time, but I just you neither know, here nor there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, speaking we'll of Jimmy that. Garoppolo a little bit here, uh, so, there's some rumors out there that are suggesting that if Brady and the Patriots win, he could walk oh. away from the game and retire on top. Uh, Brady himself has refuted these claims, but in your mind, Dave, is there any chance – that Tom Brady walks away after this week? As long as he walks away from this game healthy, he's going to be playing for the Patriots. He's going to be in training camp next year. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that's just how Tom is. I don't think anything that we've learned, there's no single piece of information, including his direct statements, 
that would suggest he's doing anything other at any other plan in playing football next year and for years beyond that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And he himself refuted the claims and it, it, you know, you, you wonder sometimes some of these reports that come out and, and just add some fuel to the fire. You have to wonder sometimes if there's really, really anything there. Uh, we're talking with Dave Brown here on the coach and Cole show on blog talk radio. Uh, Dave, there, there may be a little bad blood for this game as both teams have running backs that have played for the opposing team. And both of them have fired shots at their former teams. Uh, Dion Lewis said he didn't have fond memories of playing in Philly uh, saying he didn't play much at all. And then LeGarrette Blunt right. said that he had no friends in the Patriots organization. Uh, so with Lewis, it's always a crapshoot with how much time he gets as the Patriots love to utilize their three headed monster with Burkhead and white. And each of these guys bring something to the table. Uh, but the question is which Patriot running back do you think is going to have the biggest day uh, in Super Bowl 52? You know, I mean, it really depends on what we're talking about the biggest day. And I think I've been sitting here last year at this time, uh, Blunt's sort of the guy that you're looking to uh, is the answer to that question. And you get the early fumble, and then Lewis got hurt, and all of a sudden James White has one of the biggest games uh, for anybody in Super Bowl history. So mm-hmm. it's always tough to predict. But the game plan, I think, would be that Lewis uh, continues to be sort of the feature back. He's going to get the most carries. He's going to, you know, make plays um, in the passing game. But Burkhead being healthy is a really interesting development for the Patriots because he allows them to mix and match a little bit. They can do some two-back sets. He, you know, when White's on the field, you, you pretty much know they're going to throw. But when Burkhead's there, there's still some mysteries to what's going to happen. And that strategically is just really nice for them. He's made some big plays, good chunk games. He's been uh, a big help in the red zone. And I think that that's sort of flying under the radar here is the importance of Burkhead in that offense. So he's not going to be the guy, if everything goes to plan, he's not going to be the guy with the, with the most gaudy stats, but he makes a handful of plays here and there. He, he gets some touchdowns um, when they go to him in the red zone. And I think that, uh, I think that's a nice player for the Patriots to have on Sunday. So while we're talking about Lewis probably as the guy that's going to have the most yards, uh, keep an eye out for Burkhead. I got a dark horse for you. Uh, James Devlin, he's going to – I think he's going to score the first touchdown. <laughs> I'm going to put a bet on that. That's, that's probably a prop well, bet. Hey, I'm going to hey, do that one. Brandon, Brandon Bolden had a touchdown in the divisional round. Oh, and, uh, there we go. You know, hey, he was, he was a special teams guy who, you know, was cut right, right uh, before camp ended so they could get somebody else on the roster and they quickly put him back on. But, you know, yeah. hey, don't, don't count out the dark horses. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, hey, it's definitely a good problem to have when you've got more than one running back that you can utilize. And so they definitely have a good problem, if that makes any sense. Uh, but there is no question who the number one receiver is for the Patriots and Brandon Cooks. He said uh, recently this week that he doesn't even remember Brady and the Patriots' <laughs> first Super Bowl win uh, during this amazing cool. run that they, they're on. Uh, Cooks, is he's most likely going to get Ronald Darby coverage for the majority of this game. Who do you think uh, gets the better of that matchup in your mind? Well, you know, the thing about this is, for the Eagles defense, it, it, I mean, if, if Darby can win that matchup, something else is going to be available for the Patriots. Right. So, you know, it's it just – even if you win it, do you really win it? That's the thing. And, look, Cook, Cook is an excellent player. They're going to find ways to get him open. They're going to finally use the rub routes. They, they misdirection. I mean, 
the covering Gronk is a challenge. And, and I think because of the other things that, that they're going to need to do and maybe uh, uh, ask Darby to help out in some other ways, I think I'm, – so I'm sure he's going to make his plays, but I think that, that, that it's going to be really tough to just shut uh, Cooks out of this game. Yeah, too many weapons. Yeah. I think they should get half of them to the Eagles, make it a little fair. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're the best at utilizing those weapons that that uh, best utilizes their skill set. They go to them uh, in the right situations, and they know what to do. So yeah, uh, definitely, like you said, even if Cooks doesn't win that matchup, they've got other guys to go to. Uh, let's flip this over here and talk about the Patriots' defense because at the beginning of the season they had a rough go of things. They allowed record-breaking yeah. yardage totals, uh, but but this team has drastically improved under Matt Patricia as the season has gone on and they've been great down the stretch here, especially late in games. Uh, in your mind, do you think this defense is, is being a little overlooked in this game? Yeah, I think generally if the Patriots defense is overlooked, you know, since week four, when they had that, they gave up uh, 30, 36 to the Panthers. I think, yeah, 36. Uh, since that yeah. game, they've allowed the fewest points in the NFL. Now, part of that is because the offense uh, moves the ball so well and, and holds on to it for a long time, and part of that is because their special teams have been outstanding and they, they have opponents just have terrible starting field position. But they also play very well in the red zone, so they give up a lot of yards, but they don't give up a lot of points. And in that first month was just kind of a disaster. I mean, they, there were times when they would make the curious decision to cover nobody at all. <laughs> they were kind, it's a bull uh, <laughs> Right. And, you know, it didn't work. And what happened was, you know, you had Gilmore coming in new and you had uh, some other people being worked into that defense and communication was not where it needed to be. Uh, as you've seen over the course of the season, they've, they've improved in that area significantly. Uh, late in the season, they added some pieces to uh, the front seven, which is really a front six, but we'll call it the front seven because that's what you call it. And they, they've added in some pieces. Uh, you know, they went out and got James Harrison and they got uh, Eric Lee and, and – um, you know, in addition to Trey Flowers, you have the other Flowers, Marquis Flowers, who these guys have, have helped and, and made some plays. So those adjustments have been fruitful. And I do think it's an overlooked defense. And then you look at, okay, uh, how are they going to deal with Zach Ertz? And Devin McCourty has done a pretty good job when, um, when you ask him to handle some of these more talented tight ends. So I think that they do have the pieces they need to match up. We'll see if um, – We'll see if Nick Foles is, is able to perform the way he was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, a follow-up with that defense. I know that I'm not the first one to point this out, but why does Matt Patricia have a pencil in his ear when the sheets are laminated? What is he writing on? <laughs> Do you know? You know what? I've never looked into that. Um, it's, he he talks – I think he has – I think the sheets are laminated because they're – to protect him from the weather because from the weather, right? His call sheet, and I think he has a notebook too. Because he was talking the other day oh. about um, how he likes to take notes on everything. So, okay. um, unfortunately, I've never really drilled down on the pencil. So I'm sure the story is out there if your listeners want to go look it up. But um, I just, I, I just never got there with my basically a rocket scientist. So right, whatever he's doing, yeah, I trust I'm sure him. It's working. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Smart as shit. So <laughs> maybe the right. that pencil writes smart. on laminate. If I know, he probably invented a pencil that writes on laminated. Yeah, that's paper. there you paper. go. Now, now you're understanding. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, a couple more before we let you go here, Dave. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts 
uh, on the recent piece that was done by Seth Wickersham of ESPN uh, on the beginning uh-huh. of the end, as they called it, for the Patriots. Uh, as someone who's close to your team, such as yourself, do, do you think there's any truth to those reports, and is there any chance that Bill Belichick is on his way out of New England sooner rather than later? Yeah, you know, in, in terms of whether there's any truth to that Wickersham story, there were a lot of things reported in that story, and um, much like a shotgun, uh, you could have hit something. And I feel like some truthiness. He may have hit some truthiness in some ways, but that perhaps there was uh, some people who didn't see eye to eye on some things, like Tom Brady's trainer and, and whether or not to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Those, those things all might have uh, had some element of truth to them, but a good number of the, of the specific details of the story have been countered in other reports, sometimes by people speaking on the record, which I will take over. Uh, an anonymous source. He did. I don't think he had any on-the-record sources. I don't think in his he did. Story. No. And the weirdest thing for me is it was all kind of built around the, the premise of this story was that this was the beginning of the end, or it was all coming to an end. And the idea that Belichick would leave. There is not even an anonymous source who said that. If you, re- <laughs> if you read that paragraph carefully, that information is not attributed to anybody. It is. It is sort of a conclusory statement built on nothing. And then when asked if he planned to be with Patriots next year, Bill Belichick said, absolutely. So, you know, I find that troubling from a reporting standpoint. Are we, um, you know, how much credence are we going to give? And, and, and is ESPN really being responsible when it's uh, giving such prominence to the story? Now, of course, maybe, you know, they know who the anonymous people are, and maybe they have a good reason to feel like um, – that, that they have some confidence in this, but that's again the problem with anonymous sources. And, and I feel like if you're going to have an anonymous source, you should have some on the record sources that lend some truth to um, or, or lend some credibility to what you're saying. I think Wickersham might be his own source. <laughs> Break that case that. wide open. No, I don't think that. I don't think that. But, but, but you know, here, here's my rule of thumb the ESPN has Mike Reese's down there every day. He didn't write this story. Right. So Seth did, and Seth's not down there every day. And, you know, the story opens with this anecdote about Tom Brady being frustrated and having and yelling at um, Josh McDaniels on the sideline. Well, this, the premise being that Brady did this because he's so frustrated over what's happened with his trainer. Look, anybody who watches Tom Brady play on a regular basis knows that he was yelling at Josh McDaniels because he was angry. He had just missed an open receiver on third down uh, against the Bills in Buffalo. And Brady, Brady spent his whole life doing all kinds of crazy things to make sure that he could make that throw on third down, okay? And he missed it. Mm-hmm. And so well, when McDaniels told him he missed it, we, I'm sure you guys have been angry in your lives, and the last thing you want to hear is somebody tell you how wrong you were. That's it. <laughs> That's what happened there. It was, and it's ridiculous for him to, to, to attribute the frustration to anything else, I think, I think people more familiar with the Patriots wouldn't have looked at it that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Dave, this Sunday, Super Bowl 52, U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is it Tom Brady hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy for the sixth time, or can Nick Foles continue his amazing postseason run and do the seemingly impossible? What's your prediction? I I hate making predictions, but um, I'll I'll give it a go. Uh, I think, of course, Eagles, very talented team, certainly have a shot in this game. 
Uh, one of the reasons I hate making predictions is you look at the last time these two teams played and all kinds of crazy bounces. The Patriots had a lead, and then they should attempted an onside kick, and everything fell apart, and all kinds of craziness happened. Um, craziness could happen again, but I think if you have a game with no turnovers that the Patriots win, I think that the Eagles are going to need maybe a couple to get this, and since the odds are, are less in favor of that, then I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Yeah, going with percentage on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's Dave Brown of the Concord Monitor. Make sure you're following Dave on Twitter, at that Dave Brown, not to be confused with this Dave Brown, which I almost got ah. confused. <laughs> he does that, yeah. Yeah, Dave Brown, he's gotten some people, so watch out for that guy. Yeah. Yeah, watch yeah. out for that guy. It's at, at that Dave Brown. And Dave, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and uh, enjoy your time down there in Minneapolis. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. All right, Dave Brown, uh, Patriots beat writer for the Concord Monitor. Uh, pretty cool of him to come on. Um, you know, we kind of kind of wish that we were down there at Radio Row. Just things didn't work out scheduling-wise for us. We, we wanted to busy. be down there. We're busy. busy. We're busy, guys. And, and so uh, it would have been perfect for us to be down there. We're so close to yeah. where they are. We're, yeah. we're very close. I mean, it would have been really easy for us to do it, but um, you know, just scheduling things and stuff we have going on right now just didn't allow us to do that. But um, sounds like they're, he's having a great time down there and uh, interesting comments he made about the fan base. Cause I, I love it. We want, I wanted to get his take on this whole, you know, because the Eagles fan base has been in the news so much lately. Yeah. And I think for a lot of the wrong reasons, uh, whether it's warranted or not, uh, and the Patriots fan base really isn't in the news very much as far as being a negative fan right, base. Right. Not being like crazy. Not, not being crazy. Yeah. But anything you talk about, if you say anything negative about Tom Brady, you will get attacked on social media. Correct. They will find you. Yes. So I will say that much about a we Patriots mean, fan. They will find you and they will kill you. <laughs> I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> right. Um, but what he said was, you know, Patriots fans, they have a reason to be, you know, quote unquote smug. Right. They have a reason to be the way they are. He said the fan bases are very similar. Um, but Just that, his point that, was that different. The Eagles have never won a Super Bowl. They've never been there before. So why are you as confident and as arrogant as you are when your team has never done it? They've never won the big game. I I see his point. Yeah. And I I wasn't expecting the answer. I honestly wasn't expecting yeah. that answer. Um I I have fans that are I have fans. I have friends that are fans of other teams yeah. in that division. Yeah. And they really don't want to see this happen because of that reason. Right. They don't want to see the Eagles win. Right. I didn't specify that. But they don't want to see the Eagles win because of the way that they already act. You don't yeah. want them to actually have a the reason for the way <laughs> yeah. Adam's adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. Uh, making but, it a, a I mean, he makes, fire. A, he makes a good point. I mean, you, if you haven't done, you know, quote unquote, anything in the NFL, right. Yeah. If you haven't won, then why are you talking so much shit all the time? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that's the, but beauty. also I don't hate the Eagles fans for doing it. Right. That's what I was about to say. I think that's the beauty of um, having a fan base like that. 
I mean, as a player, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to play for a fan base yeah. that was that passionate? I mean, they pack the stadium every time, and if you're cheering against them, you're going to get – Tony Reale. Somebody's going to um, say something to you. Around the horn, they do that, that thing like between the breaks or before the show, and they he retweets whatever, tweets out the videos of them just talking. Right. The contestants or the whatever, the writers. Right. And they were talking about the Eagles fans and how they attacked the Vikings fans and all, exactly. all the videos and everything. And Tony's like, that's who they are. Like, what? why would you take that away from them? Of course. I mean, what do you expect from them? Right. It makes sense. But if they do win now, they're going to have a reason for the way that they act. So. Right. Well, no surprise. Uh, Dave predicted that uh, Brady would win his sixth ring, get his sixth ring, and that the Patriots would also uh, win this game. Well, goes hand in hand. Uh, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, his comments on the ESPN article that w- – made the rounds and was, you know, all over the news. Um, you know, his points on that I thought were valid because uh, a lot of that, you know, it was anonymous sources. What can you believe? What can't you believe? Right. Um, you know, so uh, very cool for him um, to talk to us. And so he says the Patriots are going to win. Um, and so we're going to get a chance here today. That's what was cool about this show is that we're going to get the other perspective because uh, we're going to talk with Evan Macy of Metro Philly. He's a sports editor for Metro Philly, covers the beat for the Eagles there in Philadelphia. So we're going to ask him some of the same things here and see uh, the different perspectives and see what they've got to say. You know, because this is going to be interesting because you and I, as far as our fandom goes, don't have any dog in the fight really. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I I, I can't say that we were happy that the Vikings lost, but much like your friends that didn't want to see the Eagles win, um, we really didn't want to see the Vikings win. So, um, Let the record show that I didn't care right. But after the fact I was like Well I guess that's better than them winning Right Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah without further ado here We've got Evan Macy on the draft manager hotline uh, And he's down there in the Twin Cities also He's down on Radio Row Evan how's it going? It's going good Going good Finally got myself warm and excited to talk birds I love birds <laughs> Yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. And let's dive right into it then, Evan. We've all seen the videos of Eagles fans who go nuts in the streets uh, after a victory, and most notably during the NFC Championship game. Uh, The city of Philadelphia caked street and light poles with Crisco, uh, but it didn't stop them as they simply went over it, uh, either climbing with a ladder or boosting themselves over the Crisco. Uh, But this week, reports are out that the city of Philadelphia has a secret weapon uh, that, and they assure everyone that they will deter the pole climbers. So Evan, I've got to ask you, do you have an inside scoop of what this secret weapon they claim is? Well, I don't have uh, any confirmation and hopefully this is uh, not too much of a family show that I'm going to get in trouble, but I um, I was actually, I was actually contacted by Pornhub. Apparently, they make lube and are offering their lube to the city of Philadelphia's cops. No idea if that <laughs> offer is going to be taken seriously. But in theory, wow. it sounds like it, would, it, it could work because that's got to be tough to climb up a lube, a lube-covered, KY jelly-covered pole. That sounds, you know, I'm going to stop myself there, but that sounds pretty <laughs> difficult. Um, but from the fans' perspective, I feel like when the Crisco was put on the poles, it just kind of riled up the uh, already riled up Eagles fans. Yeah, it's like a challenge. And they made it their mission. Yeah, they made it their mission to get up there. I I remember I was in college when the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. 
which is our most recent championship in this in the uh, city and that was a big problem people were climbing up uh traffic lights and hanging from windows and throwing fireworks and it was it was absolute bedlam and i'm sure the eagles who are a bigger draw than the phillies would be even more colossal a celebration i can't even imagine what they might do so what what's the deal with the fascination of climbing up poles So my experience when the Phillies won the World Series was we ran out of our dorms and the streets were just people heading towards City Hall, running, sprinting, going crazy. I remember seeing Deontay Christmas, who was a Temple basketball player, riding on top of a U-Haul that was driving downtown. My roommate was uh, on the back of a garbage truck and he got nightstick by a cop um, and he ended up having some hand issues. It was just I don't know. It's, it's maybe the group with the mob mentality. I mean, this fan base is so (laughs) it's just, I mean, we've had such little to celebrate in the city football wise. Uh, We've had the one uh, Super Bowl loss in 2005 and that's really it. And Mm -hmm. I just think that the mob mentality makes people go absolutely ballistic uh, with that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the fact that they're calling it a secret weapon would, I mean, that, really, that would really make you. sense that if it's coming from Pornhub, they don't want to admit that they're, yeah, the, you know, the, the police department is with dealings with Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't really want that to get out. <laughs> so that makes sense. Uh, uh, that's information you're only going to get here yeah. on the coach and Cole show here. Podcast, uh, mile podcast network. Yeah. That's great. So, you know, we've seen the viral videos, uh, you know, speaking of the NFC championship game between Vikings and Eagles fans, and Vikings faithful have sort of vowed to get back at some of the Eagles fans uh, via Uber by driving them to the wrong destinations, et cetera, et cetera, and a few other ways uh, during their time in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. Uh, so, Evan, we've got to ask you about the, the experience for visiting fans at, say, a Philadelphia Eagles game. Is it as bad as it, 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 it's rumored to be? Because people have told us that you need to make sure you wear Eagles gear even if you aren't a fan to ensure your safety. So shed some light on that. Is it really as bad as people claim it is? There are probably some do's and don'ts. Um, Don't wear the Jersey of an NFC East team (laughs) because that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. Uh, You know, if they're playing the Broncos, if they're playing the 49ers, you can wear a team like that. That's not really a threat to the Eagles fans and you you can be okay. Um, Okay. Don't, if you don't seek conflict, you're probably not going to have conflict. But the minute you open your mouth, you're going to be completely bombarded by everybody in every direction. There's a way to to safely be a, a visiting fan uh, at Lincoln Financial Field, but you know it's really difficult. And and anything that Eagles fans can can jump on would probably cause some sort of sort of strife. I'd like to comment being here in, in Minneapolis. Yeah. The Vikings fans have been – I mean, I'm not running around decked in Eagles gear, so my experience is probably different, but they've been really fantastic. They've been really accommodating, really nice. Uh, they seem like really great fans, in my opinion. Um, and I know that – and this is a report that I don't have confirmed uh, – at the Mall of America, which is where I am now, uh, that's where the media headquarters is and where Radio Row is, and they're threatening now to uh, <laughs> escort anybody who does an E-A-G-L-E-S – uh, chant off the premises. Uh, in <laughs> my experience, there have been a lot of those chants while I've been here, so I don't know if that's true. Comcast Sportsnet reported that. I haven't had it confirmed yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears here a little, <laughs> a little bit. Um, 
and the Eagles, you know, they weren't expected to make it this far, uh, especially after Carson Wentz went down for the season. Uh, when that happened, what was the feeling around Eagles Nation? Was anyone confident, really, in Nick Foles' ability uh, to lead this team, to carry the load? Initially. Right. It was a really interesting ebb and flow because initially it was it, it, they, they won the game uh, in Los Angeles against the Rams, which clinched the, mm-hmm. the uh, NFC East on the same day that Carson Wentz went down which was the definition of a bittersweet moment. Um, and then the next game uh, they played was uh, in New York against the Giants and falls through four touchdown passes. So it went from being really, really pessimistic to thinking, okay, this might not be so bad. And then he had two stinkers uh, against the Raiders where he played awful. And then against the uh, Cowboys in the final week of the season, uh, he only played a quarter, but he was, I think he was four for 11 with an interception. He was terrible. So he, everyone was thinking they were going to be one and done. And uh, he really didn't play that well uh, against Atlanta. And I have this theory. Here's my theory on, on why the Eagles are playing so well. And it's that final play, that goal line stand that, that, goal line stand that they had against the uh, Vikings, or excuse me, against the Falcons in the, uh, in the divisional round. The Falcons needed to score. Uh, it was about uh, inside two minutes. And they were at the two-yard line, and what ended up happening was there was that incomplete pass over the shoulder to uh, Julio Jones, and the Eagles ended up winning it 15-10. to 10. So my theory, everybody in that stadium before that fourth down play was a fatalistic Eagles fan. They've had their heart broken over and over again, and the Eagles players knew it. And so the minute that that happened, I feel like it was – probably the biggest applause, the biggest cheers, the the biggest explosion, the stadium was shaking. And I feel like in that moment, all of the fears and the fatalistic feelings, I mean, that kind of play never happened to Eagles fans. Uh, They always give up the touchdown. If you recall uh, before 2017, back in 2013, when Nick Foles was the quarterback for the Eagles, they lost to the Saints after Foles marched them down the field to put them ahead, and then Drew Brees won it at the end. So after that play, everybody started believing, everybody. Talk radio, everybody was thinking that the Eagles can do it, the Eagles can do it. And I think it trickled into the players. And I think that Nick Foles ended up just riding a wave of confidence, and that's how they were able to demolish the Vikings. And that's where we are now. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer in, you know, things like that, like morale and momentum and things like that that can definitely – uh, you know, change change the way players feel and play, change the way p- players play. So absolutely, that could definitely be uh, a big case for what's happened here. And, and I think it's safe to say that that everyone, you know, even though Foles hasn't played amazing throughout every game, I think there's a lot of underestimation here with his ability to play the position. And against the Vikings, he threw for 352 yards on 26 of 33, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So an amazing game. Um, and he's his playoff numbers are outstanding. He's playing at a record setting pace in the postseason in his career. Uh, what are the odds in your mind? Can he continue this uh, against the new England Patriots, Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, uh, the big bad Patriots. Can he continue this, this great play uh, in the postseason? There's a saying in sports. I don't remember who said it, which is that if, if you, if you've done it, you can do it. Um, I heard that argument made when people were talking about if Tiger Woods can win another major. That's another argument. Um, mm, but Nick Foles has done it. He's, 
<laughs> Nick Foles has done it. We know he's capable of doing it. It's just whether or not he's got the the mental ability to stand on a Super Bowl field, look at that logo on the 50-yard line, stand around for two minutes in between commercial breaks, come out of the halftime. I think the halftime's a half hour long. I mean, it's a completely yeah. different animal. And and I don't know how watching game film and seeing every pass that Nick Foles has thrown can help us predict how he's going to play because it's all in his head. And I can't tell you what's going on in his head. Uh, everything I hear from, from talking to him at media availability or from just seeing his demeanor, he looks relaxed, he looks confident, and everybody is saying the right thing. But there's really no way to know what the heck's going to happen until he plays and we see how he reacts to being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a good point with the uh how big of a not not just because it's a Super Bowl, but like how much the game is played differently in the Super Bowl as far as with the breaks in between and everything. Not really something you can really prepare for. I was told that they practiced on Wednesday with a half hour break and it didn't go well. <laughs> uh hmm. it was just awkward, it was uncomfortable, it was unusual. The players didn't really know what to do with themselves. So uh, Doug Peterson tried it, and, and hopefully it, it, it helped for their sake. But I, I don't know. It's, it's got to be very awkward for these players, very different the way that the game is like such a TV show now. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great point. Uh, we're talking with Evan Macy, Metro Philly sports editor here on the Coach and Cole Show, Ford Mile Podcast Network. And the Patriots had the second worst defense in the NFL this season, if you can believe that, as far as yardage goes. They gave up 5.7 yards per snap better than only the Buccaneers that ha- that ended up with an even six. But uh, the defense has completely turned it around down the stretch here, especially late in games. Uh, how much do you think this offense relies on their three-headed monster at running back of Ajay, Blunt, and Cle- Clement? And when it's all said and done, which of these three backs do you think is going to have the biggest day? I think the running back by committee, it's frustrating because I'm a big fantasy football guy. And I yep. had a lot of uh, good friends asking me, like, which which one of the Eagles running backs is it going to be? Which one do we want to start, et cetera? And right. There's really no telling. And it's really weird to watch, too. Um, Deuce Staley, who's a fantastic coach, he's a former Eagle. He's he's the running back coach, and he's the one who chooses who goes in, the, the rotational uh, running backs. And sometimes it makes no sense. In the Falcons game, Jay Ajayi had a really good first half. And then I think there were two or three series in a row where he didn't get a single carry and he was the hot hand. And it was just very strange. Uh, sometimes they mix in Kenyon Barner, who's actually a fourth running back. He's their kick returner, punt returner, and, and he'll get a random carry every now and then. And it's, it's, it's weird. I'm not exactly sure what is behind their rotation, but one thing I am sure about is LeGarrette Blunt is going to get the, uh, he's going to get the red zone carries. He's going to get the goal line carries. And he also is for some reason really, uh, set on playing well against his former team. Uh, it might be jovial and fun, but uh, it sounds like he needs business and he just he wants to give it back to his old team. I would think Blunt, being the veteran, being the guy who's won it before, and being the big guy who can run it uh, by the goal line, he would be my pick. Um, Ajayi's great, uh, you know, on the screen pass and he can catch the ball and he's kind of a little bit quicker and he'll probably be the one. Who, who gets the carries between the 20s the most, but I think Blunt will have the best game of any of those running backs. You know, Coach loves revenge games, so. I do. He'll go with, uh, he'll go with Blunt. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, if I was playing fantasy or daily fantasy in this game, I would definitely have some exposure to Blunt because <laughs> uh, he said earlier in the week that he had no friends in the Patriots organization and that they were the enemy. So 
Uh, yeah, I uh, got to love the revenge game narrative, and I think it fits this one perfectly. Uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, the Patriots defense. Let's talk about the Eagles defense because they've been a main contributor for this team all season. And, and we know that playing the Patriots offense is, a, is another ball game altogether. Uh, Brady was sacked, hit, or hurried on only 31.4% of his dropbacks during the regular season. That was the eighth lowest rate in the NFL. So in your mind, is, is going against a team like this, uh, even though Philly has been really strong in their secondary for most of the season, is it going to be guys like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Chris Long, who make or break the Eagles when they're trying to get after Tom Brady? So typically when you're talking about a defense and, and the way that they can succeed, it starts with the pass rush and it starts with them making things easier for the secondary. And for some reason with Tom Brady, I feel like it's the opposite because he gets right. to the ball yeah. so yeah. fast. So in my opinion, I mean, the guys up front, they're going to get their hurries and, and maybe they'll be able to get a couple of sacks, but Brady's going to be getting rid of the ball, which means that for however long it is, you know, three, four seconds, the secondary's got to be on point. And if not, they're going to be those quick slants or those little outs, or they're going to find Brandon Cooks on the sideline going outside. And I think the secondary is actually more of a key than the, than the front four, because I mean, everyone knows how good they are. And as bad as the Patriots offensive line is, it doesn't really matter with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my take. It's important, obviously to have a pass rush, but it's the secondary is going to be really important too. Jam him. Hit him right in the face, right off the line. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Um, well, hey, they might have some extra motivation in that secondary and throughout the whole locker room because head coach Doug Peterson was the backup quarterback in, in Green Bay for years behind Brett Favre. And he's asking for a favor from the old gunslinger. The old gunslinger. <laughs> he's going to speak to the team before they take the field Sunday. Uh, how much of a factor do you think that's going to play and – how much uh, have you heard that it's meaning uh, to the players and to the Eagles organization that this is happening? I, I love the way you asked that question. Cause I'm picturing Brett Favre wearing his Wrangler jeans, wearing like some cowboy boots, just walking in slowly. That's with, always with Wild West music into their yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I know when the, uh, the Eagles were out West, they had back-to-back games against the Seahawks and the Rams and they stayed in Los Angeles all week. And I know Kobe Bryant came in, I don't know what he said, but he mm-hmm. gave some kind of motivational speech, and I guess it worked. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Favre is an all-time great. I know he's he's not here yet. He's flying in tomorrow. I hear. Uh, I guess he's not looking to go through the <laughs> through the car wash that is uh, that is Radio Row. Um, but yeah, uh, he the the Eagles are. I don't know. I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have. I think it's it's funny that he's calling in the big guns. It seems like a smart <laughs> thing to do. Um, right. This is a guy who knows who knows, knows how to win. I'm, I'm sure he, he he's a great locker room leader, and maybe Nick Foles could use a little extra motivation. Um, so yeah, I mean it's all hands on deck for Doug Peterson for sure. I, I, it definitely can, can hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, why not? When you've got the connection, make might, it happen. Yeah, might as well use it. Absolutely. Well, all right, Evan. Uh, one more before we let you go here. Uh, this Sunday, Super Bowl 52, U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis. The stage is set. Will it be Tom Brady and the Patriots hoisting the Vince Lombardi Trophy for the sixth time? Or can Nick Foles and the Eagles continue this amazing postseason run, keep the underdog streak alive, and help the Eagles do the seemingly impossible? What's your prediction? 
I know you're looking for a quick one sentence answer, but <laughs> I, I put some thought into this, so so okay. bear with me. Um, I think if it's a if it's a close game, I think the Patriots win. Uh, if Tom Brady's got the ball and they're down by less than a touchdown, um, I'm already writing my article that the, the Patriots came back. You can't not do that. <laughs> he just does it every time. Right. I think if yep. there's a, a bigger spread than seven or ten points, I think the Eagles can win. And I read a great article that looked at all of the Patriots Super Bowls, and it's absolutely insane how close every game has been. Every single one has come down to one or two plays there have been I think three that ended on the last play I don't think there's any way they can keep it up and I'm not trying to make a homer pick obviously uh, covering them in Philadelphia it would be great to cover a winner I think the Eagles win by more than a touchdown I think it's 27-17 I think that the Eagles come out really quick I think Brady makes it close and then I think the defense gets to Brady. I think that uh, the Eagles run the ball well. I think Doug Peterson makes good decisions, and I, I can't possibly see an eighth Super Bowl with the Patriots that is close. That would just be astronomically crazy. So that's my prediction. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be dead wrong, but there we go. I'm on the record. <laughs> Eagles are going to win by more than a touchdown. Well, there you have it. Fly, Eagles, fly, according to Evan Macy from Metro Philly. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Evan underscore Macy. And, Evan, really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, Enjoy Radio Row, what's left of it, and enjoy your time there in the Twin Cities. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Evan. Thanks. All right, Evan Macy, Metro Philly sports editor, uh, beat writer, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, good stuff from him. The thing about the, the stream. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. The thing about the stream, I've seen the report of, you know, Pornhub offering to uh, donate some lube. I didn't know Pornhub made their own lube. I didn't either. I I mean, I. I felt like I would have known that by now in my life. Just, hey, yeah. It's obviously not that popular of a lube. Yeah. I mean. They don't advertise it anywhere. I mean, I guess I guess I don't know the brands of lube. I guess the only brand I know would be like KY. Right. I mean, but I, I don't know. You think you'd see it on the internet somewhere. Something. And do you think they're going to give them, uh, like on the bottles, they'll have the Eagles logo? Hey, that's a good marketing scheme. Uh, I, will get, I, I will bet you if they put bottles of lube in the pro shop at Lincoln Financial Field with the Eagles logo on it. And It'll get put, bought. Pole, pole lube. What? They would sell a shitload of that. <laughs> you know they would. Pole lube. Yeah. Streetlight lube. There we go. No, you got to keep it as pole lube. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a double meaning. <laughs> right. I love it. Uh, works for both. Uh, so, I mean, hey, maybe the missus wants a little pole lube. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe the dude just doesn't want to climb. And can you imagine the the right? Can you imagine the uh, households in Philly up on the mantelpiece? Yep, got my Eagles pole lube here. Super Bowl. This is from the Super Bowl <laughs> when we won. I picked it up off the street. <laughs> uh, unbelievable! They're crazy. They are yeah. absolutely nuts. His story about oh my, there was a guy on the U-Haul. There was, yeah, yeah. My buddy got I mean, cracked in the hand, had hand problems, yeah. and that's just normal. Like he said that it was a completely normal. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is here. Yeah. I mean, we saw videos from when they won. We saw people in their in, in beds of trucks just driving around town. People just – there was one picture. I wish I could show you people. Yeah. There was this picture of um, – looked like a Renaissance picture 
of these people in, in the back of the truck and just the the however they took that picture like the filter or something it looks like a renaissance picture and it's perfect I yeah love it. i'm gonna get it framed put it above my fireplace but yeah those people are crazy they are but in a good way they are i appreciate them i mean it's they obviously traveled pretty well. It sounds like, I mean, they're, um, you know, both Evan and Dave both said that the Eagles were well, well represented there mm-hmm. at radio row, uh, at the mall of America. And so it's amazing to me because, and I've never tried to buy a Super Bowl ticket, but I imagine that companies and, and ticket, uh, ticket brokers and whoever buy these things up so fast, when they become available that the average Joe probably doesn't have a chance to buy one at face value. So once they get to buy one, they're jacked up. Okay. And I think the cheapest ticket was $4,000. I saw something like that too. Um, and so I bought one oh. and I, I went into debt. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like these people that traveled from Philly to go to this game paid $4,000 minimum a ticket plus you know, airfare, hotel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have every right to go crazy. You probably are. I mean, you're, you're nuts already. And... Right. And I, and I mean, I get it like, because, you know, you and I were like, wow, the Super Bowl is going to be that we have to go. What other chance we're going to have when the Super Bowl is this close, mm-hmm. you know, unless we want to travel. They're not coming back. It's not coming back here it's, for a long time. If it does. Two degrees there. Right. They're not coming back. Right. Um, it's be like 30 years. Yeah. Finally, when the, when the world finally warms up, yeah, global warming might have a hand in this, yeah. And in 30 years, it probably should yeah. by that point. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you see Potux and whatever that stupid animal is, six more weeks? Oh, the, the it's Groundhog Day today, Yeah. by the way, while we're um, recording. So six more weeks of winter. People will believe... It, when is it not, though? I know. It's, I don't ever remember it being, for, oh, look it. For us, you know, like, well, yeah, we're going to have winter until March. So. Right, right. But my thing is, like, I know we're getting off track here, yeah. but you believe this rodent, but you won't believe like scientists that say global warming. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but <laughs> oh, well, this rodent said it, so that's the way it is. <laughs> no, sir, with a degree, I don't believe you, you're, you're fake news. Right. And then, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, what yeah. were we talking about? We were talking about, we're the, talking Super about the Super Bowl because it's Patriots-Eagles, as if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I say put Brett Favre in the game. Why not? I think he could do it. At least as a backup. If yeah. Foles shits the bed in the first half, let's go strap him up. See, and that's the thing. The adjustment, the, the third quarter is going to decide this game, I think, personally. And why wouldn't Favre know Doug Peterson's playbook? I mean, it's probably, probably the old Packers playbook yeah. for the most part. <laughs> I mean, he had plenty of time to study the playbook while he was in Green Bay. Right. I mean, because he didn't do much anything else. Yeah. So Perfect form. completely makes sense. Um, I think that's cool. I want to, I'm sure they'll record this and we'll be able to watch his speech, I would assume, to the team. Oh. To Favre's speech to the team. Correct, yeah. So that'll be cool to see um, because – I wonder if they'll show up before the game. He doesn't seem like uh, – like, A I know more he visual was, guy. He wasn't the rah-rah guy when he was a player. Um, maybe a couple breakdowns here and there, but he wasn't – you know, you don't see, like, clips of him mm-hmm. doing those type of things. And so it'll be interesting to see how he Just does this. Fart jokes. But, yeah. But now – he does a lot of like appearances and interviews where he tells funny stories and like stories of, of when he played and stuff. So he's probably, I think in his old age, he's like getting to realize that like, maybe I was kind of an asshole. 
Maybe oh. I, sh- I should, you know, be out there and mentor other people. Men- okay. Mentor the football world. Right. Because he, he was a coach somewhere down in Mississippi. Right, in like, high school. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's just the perfect – seems like the perfect way, if you were to predict, like, how far would walk away, he'd be – Just completely disappear. Just disappear and just coach – some rinky-dink high school team somewhere. Half the kids don't even know who he is. Yeah, <laughs> right. And just just fade away. Yeah. So, but no, um, he's coming back in the, in the spotlight. Wouldn't that be something? Um, but, even as a joke, like when they trot onto the field. I wonder if there's going to be like a – no. Here comes Favre in a uniform. Can you imagine what would happen? They should honestly do that. That would be the coolest thing. Yeah, well – I mean, I know they won't because they don't want to take spotlight away from the game and the players. So you're seriously thinking about this? Um, yeah, I was. <laughs> I mean, legally they can't because he's in the Hall of Fame. So he, you can't come back and play once you're in the Hall. Once you're in the Hall, you can. Put, you can seriously once you're, once you're retired, you can put your retirement papers and like rein, reinstate me. But once you're in the Hall of Fame, you're well, right. But he wouldn't actually be playing. He's just kind of running with the team. I think that's still illegal. Like I'm pretty sure that's a fine. You think so? Yeah. Put Pay on. the fine. Pay the fine. Let's go. Um, but I agree with Evan as okay. far as his prediction. Right. That's kind of what I wanted to get into. Let's talk about the game itself. What do we think is going to happen? I think that, like I said, the third quarter is really going to decide this game and the adjustments that the, I think the Eagles are going to have to make more than the Patriots. Yeah. Um, I think that Evan is right, that if it is close, then this is just another classic, hey, Tom Brady won this game. Uh, but if it's if somebody wins by 10 or more points, that's going to be the Eagles. It's hard to argue with that. Like if it's close, we've seen nothing we've that says, seen it that, says that they can't do it. That right. Brady can't. Right. I think, I think what we know from, from most games that we've seen, the formula to cause problems for the Patriots and Tom Brady is pressure up the middle mm-hmm. because he doesn't move very well. He stands in the pocket. Uh, pressure from the outside, he steps up. He wiggles around. He can avoid that. He's smart enough. He gets the ball out quick enough. But teams that are able to pressure him in the middle. Fletcher Cox is going to be huge. He And that's kind of why I asked Evan this question. I think his answer was just fine. But, I, yeah, Fletcher Cox and pressure up the middle is going to be a big, di- a big deal. And I think my point on this is I think the Eagles – have a defense that's capable of sending an extra guy or two up the middle or pressure somewhere. And they have the ability to cover a guy, cover some guys for three, four seconds, you know, two, three, four seconds to get to Brady. Now I know their game plan is going to be, they're going to send pressure. That's how teams can beat us or slow us down. I should say. So he's going to get the ball out quick. They'll probably do some, you know, bubble type screens, quick slants, things of that nature to get the ball out quick Get, the, get him into a rhythm, which then will force Philadelphia to change their strategy. And then once they have Philadelphia guessing, um, usually teams are in trouble. Yeah. So well, what I think the Eagles need to do is watch the Falcons and the Jaguars. Falcons yeah. of the Super Bowl last year and then the Jaguars uh, just a couple of weeks ago and not do what they did in the second half. <laughs> right. Right. And do uh, you think it has something to do with – here's a question for you. Do you think it has something to do with the amount of energy and just like strategic planning and different things that, you know, game planning and things that they have to do initially initially, that they're, they end up once they do it, it's just, 
yeah, they, they do it. They're like, yes, this is working. This is exactly what we thought. We, you know, executed the game plan. We are kicking their ass. And these teams, for some reason, get lulled into this spot where they're like, yeah, now let's go into conservative mode. Yeah. And, and we just – And the thing is, like, so, you know, first possession of maybe late in the third quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever. Yeah. And the Patriots are coming back. So you in your head you're like, okay, we need to take more time off, right? Or we need to conserve more time, or be, you know, we can't give them the ball back. So let's run it on first and second down for two yards, right? Or you can just be the Eagles, or excuse me, the uh, the Falcons in the Super Bowl and just not run it at all. <laughs> hey, let's throw some incomplete passes. Let's not when the play clock is running. Let's not wind it down. Let's let's take it with 15 seconds left. Yeah, I just. Watch what the Falcons and Jaguars did, and then just hey guys, let's not do this, and then you you got in the bag. Yeah, and it seems to be that the Patriots are a slow starting team because uh, Lately, that's Tennessee jumped on them. Yeah, Jacksonville jumped on them. Tennessee a lot less than Jacksonville, obviously, but the first quarter Tennessee was all over them. It was seven zero after the first. I mean, that's yeah. a slow start to me. Right. Um. So these teams are able to do this, but I think it's it's like the mentality of these this team, right? They know that even though they're down, they're never counting themselves out. They still believe in what's going to happen. Mean, we talked about this, but when the Jaguars didn't go for it with 55 seconds left in the first half, I texted you. Yeah. I, I feel like I did. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, well, this game's this game's done. Right. Patriots are going to win. Yeah. You just once you punch them in the mouth and see that it works, you don't help them up. Keep punching them in the mouth. Knock his freaking teeth out. Like I, I just don't yeah. understand the mentality of just taking it easy on someone or just take like gotta bring that same energy. Well, we've seen it time and time again where teams sort sort now of. No, I'm getting upset. Why? Why am I all? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, that's. I think, I think the Eagles can win. I think their team. When you look at their roster, besides the quarterbacks. In my Not mind, that. they're just as good. Their offensive line was one of the best offensive lines That's all true. season. That's true. They are great, even though they've lost their starting left tackle. Uh, oh, uh, Peters. Yeah. Corey wow, Peters, right? I couldn't think of his name. Jason yeah. Peters. They Jason lost Peters. their left tackle. Corey Peters is It was going to be a big blow. Didn't phase them. They lost their quarterback. Hasn't really phased them. So they're, you know, overcoming all this stuff. They Who's have – Corey Peters? They have – I'm not sure. Maybe a basketball player. Um they have that three-headed monster, like we talked about, that is just as good as anybody. Uh, they're, oh. in, in my opinion – oh, Cardinals, okay. In my opinion, the Eagles running backs are better than the Patriots running backs. I mean, Blunt, oh, Ajayi. You know Dolphins really showed Jay Ajayi something, huh? Really really got him with that trade. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're not working out for us. We're, you're, not, you're not worth it. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Go to the Super Bowl. We'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Show him. yeah, and I mean, and they got Ertz at tight end. I know yeah. the Patriots have Gronk, but Ertz is top five for yeah. sure. Yeah, so he's right there. And then you've got Alshon Jeffrey, who has come up big, and you know, top fifteen receiver for sure in this league. I mean, Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, to be safe, I'd say twenty. Okay, yeah, top twenty. I'll go with that. But I mean, besides Cooks. I wouldn't say Amendola or uh, Hogan are top 
30, top 40. Right. They know. just fit their system and yeah, they yeah, do what yeah. they do. But right. Yeah. And then defensively, this team has been killing it all season. Uh, you know, they bring in Ronald Darby, like we talked about, and, you yeah. know, both of those I mean, my thing is against the Vikings, I thought they were going to get their shit kicked in. Right. So I'm going to go in with that same mindset that they're going to get their shit kicked in against the Patriots. Yeah. And then and if, hope it, doesn't if it doesn't happen, well, then, hey, that's just, yeah. that's just good. Well, like Dave said, they, they've been in so many close games that Evan I think it's, it. or excuse me, Evan. Yes, he did say it. Um, I think it's safe to say that this game is probably going to be a close game. Yeah. So probably go with the pass then. Uh, yeah. Should be a fun one. I hope so. I'm looking for some good commercials. Yeah. Well, Cole, as you know, uh, Andy Reid was once a Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Correct. And he's now the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's a guy that likes to trade quarterbacks. Apparently. He has, and he gets good value for them. He absolutely does. And a lot of people are saying he's done so again because he's traded quarterback Alex Smith to the Washington Redskins which could start a domino effect here in the NFL for quarterbacks, uh, mainly with Kirk Cousins and the whole sweepstakes of where he's going to end up based upon this. And this just, the move seems very odd for Washington. Um, But I guess what it boils down to for me is they felt Kirk Cousins wasn't worth the price they would have to pay to keep him around. And they were willing to, uh, pay a guy with similar numbers last year. Right. That's older. He's, that's the thing. Similar numbers, older, 71 million guaranteed. What are you doing? I thought it was less than that. Also, third round pick, and also one of the best yeah. corners Why? in the NFL. Yeah, that part of I it. Believe, I believe he was the top rated slot corner. He might not have been, but he was a top very five good. slot corner. He was slot very corner. good. And, you know, the Chiefs... They needed a slot corner. They they were killed all year with it. And they're not without a quarterback now either because they have Mahomes coming up. Right. Which, obviously, they wanted to do that in the first place. So, right. we're not willing to pay Kirk Cousins, who has been, over his years of starting, has been better than Alex Smith. And also, he's younger. And also, he's around the same price tag. Might even be cheaper. Who knows? Well, twenty I believe 23.8 is the cap hit. From Alex Smith, uh, it would have been over thirty million cap hit for Kirk Cousins. Why? Right, and I think that was their that was their reasoning. That was their reasoning. Why we don't believe that Kirk Cousins um, it, it would have cost them more than thirty four million if they had used the franchise tag on him again. But see, that's the thing, which they would have had to do unless they wanted to sign him to a long term deal, which they clearly did not want to do. Because they wouldn't have been that's, franchising this long. That, okay. So the franchise tag, I yeah. I'd toss that out the window because okay. you don't need a franchise tag him. If you wanted to sign a quarterback for five years like you did Alex Smith, might as well sign Kirk Cousins who's younger and better than Alex Smith. Right. I mean, if you're going to give anyone a long-term deal, give it to Kirk Cousins. Well, how's this for food for thought? Cousins' combined record, 24-23-1, led Washington to the playoffs one time. Uh, Alex Smith with the Chiefs, 50 and 26. Cool. Three Pro Bowls. Chiefs are a better team. Uh, one and four in the playoffs, however. And he's 33 years old. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't count quarterback wins. I, don't, I think that's a dumb stat. Um, Chiefs are a better team. Redskins right. are, aren't are good. 
And then I think Cousins is probably their best player. So let's get rid of him. Right. Or let's not sign him. Uh, destination for Cousins. There's a lot of, of teams that are. My prediction, he's going to go to Minnesota. I th- wow. I yeah. think he's going to Denver. Denver, Minnesota. Yeah, that would be my top two desk spots. You think he's going to Minnesota? I do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Teddy Two Gloves and I, Chase Keenum? I, Case Keenum's done. I think they're not going to hang on to him. He may have, whether or not he did or not, he may have shown his true colors uh, in the last game. And that could have just cost him. It, which it is, did, which, which is a dumb thing to. It really, really. Yeah. Um, but unfair. I think he's going to be gone. Yeah. Because they already have Bradford, and they already have Bridgewater. But Bradford is so limited in his injury-prone being. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. He's just hurt all the time. Yeah. When he's not hurt, he's good, but he's always hurt. So they can't rely on him anymore. And how much are they relying on a guy who's away from football for that long? May never be the same again mentally. And that's – Teddy Two Gloves? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the thing. And I think they're not going to try to – lose out on this opportunity they have with the defense and where they got to, they're going to try to get a quarterback that gets them over the hump. And if they can get there with Keenum, they can get there with Kirk Cousins. See, Cousins was, uh, he's in, he's in Minnesota right now. I know it. He was at someplace ordering some food by himself. Maybe he's getting it for his family. I don't know. But then he was in, uh, he was at the university of Minnesota with, uh, who was that coach Fleck? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Right. Maybe he's going back to the college. And so, yeah, well. <laughs> Maybe he does end up in Minnesota for the Golden Gophers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to – this whole thing can't go through officially until March. Right, so it's hilarious that we're talking about it. Uh, very true. But but it's going to start a domino effect because not just for Cousins, but, okay, you have Cousins and Keenum, and the terms and uh, amount of their contracts that they sign is going to determine – guy like Aaron Rodgers next contract. Ryan, yep. So very interesting how this if, is going to play if out. Alex Smith gets 71 million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers is going to get 150. Oh my god. And what you have to worry about here is like paying a guy that much of your salary cap and that much money is it going to handcuff your franchise? I mean, it could. Yeah. It could because we've already seen now Green Bay has got a lot to spend. We don't want to get into that part of it right now. Um, but, yeah, interesting, very interesting trade from the Redskins' perspective. Uh, if you've got to pick a winner and then we'll move on, uh, Chiefs or Redskins win this Chiefs. trade. Chiefs. Also ironic that the two uh, mascots that were partaking in this trade. The two mascots. Chiefs, Redskins. Yeah. Ah. Didn't think of that. Yeah. Well, hey, that's speaking of another trade. That's I was going to say that's not yeah. the only big trade that's gone down. Blake Griffin traded to the Detroit Pistons in the middle of the winter. Uh, going, very, going from LA to Detroit in the middle of the winter. Yeah, uh very very odd timing. There's no doubt about that. Um the best part about this trade to me two things, best parts. Yeah. Um this offseason, they gave him a six-year, maybe it was five-year, a five-year contract, like $170 million. Excuse me. Wow. 
Five years, 170 bucks. Good luck, kid. Um, Here's a bus ticket. <laughs> go on, yeah, get out of here. Hey, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I'll tell you what. I didn't come here with nothing but two nickels. Um, but they held a, a retirement ceremony for him, like a fake one. They put his jersey in the rafters. They had the PA announcer come in and, you know, like, and now Blake Griffin, uh, and they put his face on a T-shirt next to Nelson and Obama and Gandhi. And they put his face next to that in their, in their free agency, you know, bid for him. And, uh, Oh yeah. Six yes. months later. We talked about this. Yes. Now I'm, that's coming back. Yeah. Me. Six months later. Yeah. They trade him. Right. The, the other best part of this was, I believe two years ago in the summer, uh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, and uh, I believe Doc Rivers might have been there. Um, They hold DeAndre Jordan hostage in a house or a hotel or somewhere so that he couldn't couldn't sign with the Dallas Mavericks. Right, right. And the rumors were, hey, DeAndre Jordan's going to sign. But then he like he retracted it, and then they went in, and then like okay, so you you can't sign, so we're gonna hold you here till midnight because that's when you know the the passing, the time where you can sign happens. Right. And DeAndre Jordan's the last; he's the only one there now. I know Blake's gone, Chris Paul's gone, JJ's gone, so they all held him captive, and now <laughs> he's the only one there. I mean, he might Are get you traded. Kidding me? Yeah, by, that's just by the eighth or the ninth, whenever the, ridiculous. the deadline is, but. The, he's got to be thinking about that, right? And it had to be like. <laughs> and then, and then Blake Griffin uh, responds to the trade by uh, posting a, uh, a Will Smith gift of him just having a surprised face. Like, yeah. Oh, but he, I thought he was very mature in the way that he, the the words that he, he gave out afterwards. Like, I'm now going to a team that wants me, you know, and I want to play basketball. So. Right. I mean, but he looked very sad in, in the opener. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the intros when he came out. Didn't look good. Well, they they filled the arena with Blake Griffin shirts. Yep. So they're excited. They haven't had a they star. haven't had a star since when? And I mean, yes, he's a star. He's not twenty two eight and five. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. Um. So they send Griffin to the Pistons. The Clippers get Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban. I'm not even going to – I butcher his name every time. Marjanovic. You know who I'm talking about. Marjanovic. Yeah. And got it. two draft picks, first and a second rounder. Um, And then, obviously, they sent Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed with Griffin uh, to make space on the roster. I I think they got – I don't know if it's enough, but they, they got I, some good players back I here. I don't know how to um, – I don't want to say winners and losers, but I don't know how to evaluate trades anymore. Yeah. After what we've seen with Boogie. Right. And Paul George. I mean, Paul George, Oklahoma fleeced him, and then Oladipo's an all-star. You know, right. like, I I don't know how to judge trades anymore. Yeah. I I guess I'll give it a year. Okay. That's probably fair. Um, and, I mean, see who the who the draft picks are or what they, you know, do with them or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, who the draft picks turn into. I think Tobias Harris is a good player. Bradley's a good player. Um, you know, all three of those guys can contribute to a team. They're obviously not a game changer like Griffin is. So th- are they in tank mode now? Because they have to be, right? After so many years of yeah of being 
the laughing stock. The laughing stock of the NBA. They luck, not luck into, but they they get Griffin, and then Chris Paul comes over. Mm-hmm. And they get and they got a guy like Jordan, and, and now they're now they're stuck with Jordan. And Blake Griffin, this might be good for him because now he's most likely uh, should be in the playoffs, and in the playoffs in the East, which everyone considers weaker, you know, so. Maybe they can make some noise. I don't think they're really going to do anything, but it's it's better than, than oh, I don't know. I don't the know. The Clippers were the were the I don't know what they're the doing. The ugly stepchild of LA forever. Okay, they finally were able to be the more relevant team in LA, and now they've dumped all that and decided we're fine, we're done. Because now anybody that wants to go to LA is not is they're going to the Lakers now. See, that's the thing. Are they just cleaning cap space? Yeah, but who wants to play for the Clippers? I would rather play for the Clippers over L.A. You have to deal with the balls. Over the Lakers, you're saying? Mm-hmm. You said L.A. They're both L.A. I did. Yeah. I did. So, so over, you... I, w- I would pick the Clippers over the Lakers. I'm not going to deal with Lonzo Ball and his dad. Okay, wow. Yeah. I'm not dealing think... with that whole mess. And if I'm going to be Has in it L.A. Has been a mess, though? I haven't really... He seems to be making a mess of his other son's lives now. Well, well I mean, he's the head coach over there. But I'm, either way, I'm not going to deal with that situation. Yeah, no, I hear you. And if I'm going to be in L.A., you know, if I'm some superstar, do I just want to be a, another name for the Lakers, or do I want to be, you know, the guy, all-time great Clippers franchise player? Okay. Yeah, I guess it's personal preference, both in L.A. I wouldn't. I think that not this summer. I think next summer the Clippers are gearing up for something. Could be. With Could just be. the amount of free agents that they have coming up in uh, 2019. Uh, I did think it was interesting that Griffin chose to wear 23. Well, 32 was Rip Hamilton. Okay. So that's what – they just did a number. They just flipped his number. It has – what do okay. you – you, you I'm just – I thought – I mean, you wear 23 in basketball – and Jared Smith wore 23 means one thing. at Denver at some point, I think, or New Orleans. And I mean, obviously, LeBron wears 23 to say, bow down at the goat. I mean, clearly. Yeah, Kobe wore 24, so. Right. Yeah. You think of that? Did I think of that? One number higher. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> so that one thing I'm interested to see, one more thing before we, we got to wrap this up here. Uh, Griffin and Drummond in that front court, how will they coexist? Um, a lot of people initially like, oh, well, he played with DeAndre Jordan, so it's the same thing. Same thing, yeah, but, but it's not. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, Drummond is way better offensively, and I don't think he's as effective defensively, but I think he's still really good defensively. Right. But he can work out from the high post way more than, than Jordan could. Right. DeAndre Jordan is just a putback guy. He's a, he's a rim runner, and that's basically all he can do. Jordan, or Jordan, uh, Drummond, um, can actually do more offensively. But the, the bad thing for Blake, though, is how often is he going to call him DeAndre? Because his name is Andre. Like, how? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like initially that's going to be a thing. Well, maybe he called DeAndre Andre for short, so it won't matter. Maybe he'll maybe he'll shorten up Andre's name and just call him Dre then. Just keep shortening There you go. So it's avoid and confusion. Then, and then he's going to get traded somewhere where he's going to be uh, front court mate with a guy where the first name is Dre, and then he's just going to call him Re. 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 
30 year, years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, interesting to see uh, what will happen there. Is Detroit a real contender now? No. I, I don't think so either, um, but it definitely makes them more appealing, more interesting. Fun in the playoffs. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, and Detroit, they haven't been relevant for a long time. That's the thing. You don't have to be in the finals. Like, for some teams, getting to the playoffs is good. You know, like, Cavs, obviously getting to the playoffs isn't going to be enough anymore. Right. Obviously. I mean, like, that goes without saying. Warriors, you know, getting to the finals isn't going to be enough. Right. Detroit getting to the playoffs, getting to the second round, yeah, that's a win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Super Bowl Sunday, a couple days. Did we make predictions? From now, we're about to do that. Oh, um, Look at that mind so First of all, uh, how are you going to watch the game? What's your favorite Super Bowl snack? <laughs> favorite Super Bowl snack? Uh, I, I don't want to be a, I don't want to cop out, but it's got to be the chicken wings. I, I think so too. Chicken wings. Like, I don't want to. And like, uh, Doritos. Okay. Uh, that just goes hand in hand. Chicken wings and beer for me. Oh, okay, yeah. It's got to be a. <laughs> There's got to be a beverage involved. Man, I'm thirsty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Chicken wings, yeah, that's definitely usually something that you and eat. On my, I don't know where I'm going to be watching it. I think I might go out to my parents. Okay. We'll have to talk off air because there might be something Maybe brewing. I'll, okay, yeah. is there something going on? Yeah, there could be. So Oof. there might be a little, already, little festivity. I already did my laundry. So you're ready. So normally I bring my, par- bring my parents to my laundry. Bring my laundry to my parents. My mom just does my I'm going to toss on the T.O. jersey. Eagles, I have a T.O. Eagles jersey. You do? And toss that baby on. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is this, are we still, are you just talking to me? Or are, No, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I might, <laughs> I might, I might do that. So, okay. Uh, we're coming down to the wire here. Super Bowl prediction. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, give me the score and the winner. Okay. Go. 27-23. Pats, God. 27-23, Pats. Okay, uh, here's my prediction. 31-24, fly, Eagles, fly. Okay. Yep. That's my prediction. So you're going Patriots, I'm going Eagles. I think you want the Patriots, or I mean, excuse me, the Eagles to win. Maybe you got some reverse psychology happening here. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. I can't announce it though because it's kind of rude. I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, so uh, the music's playing. That means we got to wrap this up. So we're on Twitter at Coach and Cole. You're on Twitter. You the music. At that King Cole seven one five. I'm on Twitter at Coach O three seven. We're on Facebook, facebookcom slash Coach and Cole. Forward Mile Podcast Network at Forward Mile Pod. Forward Mile Steiner Sports Draft Manager. Well, that's how you win money in DFS. Ford mile draft manager combination. Wow. Wonderful. What a great show. Thanks again to Evan Macy, Dave Brown. Goodbye. This has been the Coach and Cole Show. I am the coach. And I'm Cole. Thank you. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. 
save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. 